Welcome to Amplifier. This is Mickey Coke, joined with my brother, Brian Coke. Well, Brian, I thought we'd just delve right in. Uh, first uh, and foremost, I think um, we'll touch on Luis Patino and that call-up. Yeah, I mean, like everybody, I'm pretty excited about it. Kind of like what I was saying on, on Twitter to some people, though. Uh, you know, I was trying to put it out there not to get too excited, and, and I was initially worried that, you know, they were going to they were gonna put him in in a situation that might hurt his confidence. Uh, I wasn't a big fan of them bringing him up in the Dodgers series. Um, I would have preferred for them to wait uh, until this series. But like everybody, I'm, I'm pretty excited either way. Yeah, I mean, I, I think there's some believe he's, uh, you know, one of the best right-handed pitching prospects in baseball. And some even think inside and outside of the Padres organization think uh, Luis Patino might even be better than Mackenzie Gore. Yeah, I was just worried that that he'd come up and they kind of like they did, they put him in. I mean, we were down, I think, a couple of runs at the time, but they, they put him in against one of the best teams in baseball in a fairly close game. I just didn't think that was the the smartest thing to do with, with such a young, promising player. But And, and he kind of got lit up in the first inning a little bit, but I, w- I was glad to see that he came back in that second inning and pitched a lot better. I think he was nervous like – I'm sure most rookies are in in that yeah. situation. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. Um, I I didn't expect him to be put in a situation like that. I mean, I I didn't think they would hesitate to throw him into the fire, but I didn't think they would like do it in that regard, like against the Dodgers, like you had said, against one of the best lineups in baseball. I mean, granted, minus Mookie Betts, still he's a he was available as a pinch hitter off the bench and. Uh, you know, a rookie was he like 19 years old? I mean, one of the youngest rookies we've had, and still limited experience. And you're you're talking about a close, a close division rival game where you, you know that was kind of a not a must win, but you you really wanted to win that game to to uh, take the series. Or you know, I, I hated it. I hated it. I didn't like it. I think that was a, a bad call for several reasons. Yeah, me too. But I'm I'm still pretty excited to see him pitch from now. Hopefully that didn't hurt his confidence. And it could have been a lot worse. Well, speaking to that, his confidence is like, if he does well in that situation, I can understand it being a confidence builder and you want to get that guy in the game. But to me, like I'm bringing him in five-run lead or a six-run blowout yeah. or, you know. That was exact, that's exactly what I wanted to see. Only use him if he's mopping up in a, in, in a game that's already – gone either way i understand he's one of the best prospects in baseball and he in time he's going to be able to compete against fucking anybody but for a kid that young and inexperienced and limited time to to throw him in you know into the fire like that against that team i just thought it was fucking stupid i didn't like it i thought i was nervous about it right away i was working so i i I wasn't watching the game but i had to check it out later so not a fan of some of the uh, tingler uh, bullpen moves uh, not to be you know the armchair fucking you know second guest manager you know because I think that's easy to fucking do in, in, in retrospect but there's some moves that I think are definitely a little not concerning but things that you know as a first time manager that I think that you know uh, he's still kind of on the job training I'm concerned about a lot of the moves he's making I, I'm not impressed with tingler at all to be honest with you be careful, like, be careful now. It, that's my boy. 
Especially with what you said, though, with uh, the bullpen moves and even I think in the beginning of the season he was pulling starters out too early, some questionable moves in the bullpen, leaving some of the relievers in too long, and we'll get to the some of the, the stuff in, in terms of the lineup that I, I haven't liked either in, in a little bit here, but I, I'm not impressed with, with Tingler at all. In contrast to that, I, I'm, in, I'm impressed with him on various levels because uh, I, I think for the most part what we're seeing is uh, is more of a product of, you know, the and I think we spoke about it on our last, you know, little quick coke cast we did is uh, the, the ramping up of spring training, the starting, the stopping, the dead arm type uh, period with uh, the bullpen especially. And I think that can be kind of over-scrutinized if we're looking at the it in its totality there's i thought i think there has been some questionable moves but there's also been moves where i thought were so fucking ballsy and so good like putting you know uh cronenworth in there oh yeah oh yeah greg garcia for who is it will myers and that coming through but 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 also sticking with trent grisham against lefties he's played every every fucking single game and he's thriving you know moreover there's a there's other things the to to look at like i think batting pro far fourth in the beginning of the year was smart uh an on-base guy keep it going now he's faltered and we can get back to that later but i've been impressed with his overall management roster usage like any new manager first year manager he's gonna you know run into things that i think are gonna be questionable yeah i don't mean to make it seem like it's all been bad but uh, i'm just i don't know i'm just not all that impressed so far i think you know some of the critiques to me seem like stuff that's just obvious that just shouldn't have happened you know what do i know i'm not a major league manager well we could always ask fucking we could always ask Twitter. They, you know, they'll they'll fucking be real quick to tell you what they know. So, so with Patino, do you think that they're going to keep him in the pen, or or do you think? I mean, we've already seen Luke Casey, you know, get sent to the the practice squad or taxi squad or whatever. So, do you think it's going to be Patino, or do you think they're going to give Cal Quantrill? Or, yeah. So, do you think they're going to give Quantrill a? a shot or you think they're going to bring up Gore? What, what do you think uh, is going to go on with that situation? I think Luis Patino is probably a strong consideration for the rotation and I think he may even get you know a start and uh, against Arizona here. They're definitely considering that and I think Tingler has even spoke to that. Uh, you know when he first came up they were they were talking about him coming out of the bullpen and but I, I think maybe that they want to put him in his element. You know, um, he's been a starter. That's what he's done. Uh, maybe, maybe even if he doesn't go, maybe he goes three innings. Maybe he's an he, maybe he's an opener, and you bring Cal Quantrill, and he piggybacks him. So I think he's going to be a strong consideration right now because they're winning, and he's their top guy, and they love him. And hey, right, rightfully so. I like you had mentioned before, he settled in after that home run and and you know you heard the popping of the fucking mint so yeah his i mean his talent is evident but um i want to see gore i want to see them bring gore up to i I don't know if it's probably not going to happen this series but i want to see them bring gore in to to take that spot in the rotation 
and leave Patino in the bullpen. I think with with his stuff, he can be so effective out of the bullpen. Well, and I and I I agree with you. I, I think what I would like to see ultimately is to spread out to a six man rotation and to have an extra pitcher to carry an extra pitcher with the the roster, um, which would to me uh, just only be advantageous with guys like Gore and Patino and have both of them on the roster. And I think you could then you, you you're you're managing them and you know a, a, not as a as a controlled environment as you would say the taxi squad but you'd be able to manage them you know a little bit more carefully and i don't think there's this crazy uh notion that they're concerned about their workloads it's already shortened season and such so bring up mckenzie gore and and maybe you look at a six-man rotation and i think that way you can just really pair those two together and i don't know if you'd want to start both of them and piggyback them but i think you can manage them you know in a way to where it's going to be beneficial to the padres and extremely exciting at the same time yeah i mean if i don't hate the idea of a six-man rotation if if just everyone is is pitching really well but the hesitancy that i have with that is you get you get less starts out of paddock and lament and those you know those studs at the front if you're stretching it out to, to six starters. So unless all six of those guys are just dealing, I'm not really a big fan of that. Well, you know, it's also possible what you could do is the the six-day is kind of a uh, maybe not a traditional six-man, but maybe you're going so you're not going to, you know, skip Paddock, but you're um, – Piggyback. You're pig- you piggyback them. Yeah, yeah, you're piggybacking them, and you're just making – Making sure that those uh, those starters are in there because look, like I like Joey Lucchese and I think he's a winner. I think he's like a bulldog on the mound. I fucking enjoy watching him pitch. But with you know with him with his deception and the way that he pitches and uh, being erratic at times, he can't right now at a shortened season and with a couple poor outings, you just can't stay with him forever, especially when you got top guys like you know Luis Patino coming up and Mackenzie Gore and such so um I I still think that Luis Patino is going to get the first crack um but I wouldn't even rule out and I know this maybe kind of sounds out there but I wouldn't even rule out it being somewhat of a I know not a showcase but I I think that the Padres are looking to make moves and you know get an impact bat that we'll talk about later brian but uh it it wouldn't blow me away or shock me at all if you know some of these guys that they are bringing up like edward Oliveras and luis patino are being thought about and talked in trade trade talks depending upon who you know we're talking to yeah i i hope that I see what you're saying, but I hope that Patino and Gore aren't part of those considerations unless they're getting somebody back that is just a a stud because the thought of Paddock, Lament, Patino, and Gore in the same rotation is is pretty amazing. Yeah, that's pure sex, bro. Pure. No, like, I agree. I don't think they're going to – I don't think they're going to deal Patino, Patino, but – 
fuck, I don't know who you know who knows who they're who they're talking to and what they're talking about. John Morosi was giving the Padres uh, some praise, and and one of the other analysts, um, I forget who, uh, was was kind of going over how the Padres have ever wanted to make a big splash, how they missed out on Mookie Betts, and they thought about Francisco Lindor and stuff like that, which we can get into later. But they they definitely want to do something big. So before we move on to to some of the hitters that we we're going to talk about, I wanted to bring up how how they let Ballsley go, and, and I'm kind of wondering if if that has something to do with what we're seeing with throughout our uh, our pitching staff. And I mean, from the rotation through the bullpen, these guys just aren't performing the way they've expected to perform. And I'm just kind of wondering if. If that has something to do with Balsley leaving, yeah. What do, what do you think? Well, it's funny because I was just talking to Dad on the phone, and he fucking brought that shit up too. So um, we were kind of going back and forth about that. So I'm kind of bl- glad you brought it up because I think that's going to be a topic of conversation over the blogosphere and Twitter sphere and shit. So for me, I think it's a myriad of factors, and I think just all of those factors in kind of combination are probably the issue you know you've got you got several new players you got you know whether you're looking at uh tim hill coming in or zach davies is fairly new and you bring in you know the the new pitching coach larry rothschild and then i mean new manager yeah you, yeah you got a new manager and you know you've had that familiarity with uh, darren balsley and you know he's been one of the best but at at the end of the day i think getting all your guys and your you know the guys that you believe in and you trust and like tingler like all on the same page bobby dickerson etc so for me i think overall i think I, I i like the move i think it makes sense you know in its entirety is it maybe causing a short-term effect i don't know i think more of it has to do with that dead arm phase that we've spoken about kind of ad nauseum now but again i i i do think familiarity can be very beneficial yeah i guess we'll find out you know we'll find out whether or not it's uh, just a short-term issue and who knows if that has anything to do with it but i don't know just something that i had i had thought about no i totally get it i mean well i i just keep referring back to like again like you got angel pagan coming over you got a couple guys going down and munoz and that that hurts you know you got you know luis castillo going down so Fuck, I th- I think I I think it has a lot to do with the the start of the season, the fucking crazy circumstances they're playing under, uh, new players like Tim Hill and Bagan and such, uh, new manager and new you know that's that's a lot to overcome and they're still fucking uh, it's still early you know I, yeah. I mean in a shortened season I, all of this is getting magnified because the, you have a couple of fucking bad outings and it seems like fuck dude they've lost like three games from the bullpen or whatever it's been and so everything's like under a microscope but fuck if it was 162 games i don't even think well i mean fanatics would be talking talking about about it yeah yeah (laughs) fucking for sure dude but would we be talking about it i fucking really doubt it dude yeah it's early i i think uh, fans and and us included are just kind of nitpicking every little thing because there's just nothing to do right now, and there's like there's been no sports for so long. Yeah, and, yeah. 
Yeah, and it's and again, it's a shortened season, so like I I think like all these games are fucking so important. So yeah. I mean, they're all going to be over scrutinized. Every single fucking one of them, like football, dude. You talk about fucking like one game for the whole fucking week and you can't hear any fucking thing else about it. I was like, shut the fuck up with your fucking nine panel analyst. Get out of here. Put down your pens, you know? So why don't we transition to to this offense and, and one of the guys I know we're both excited about in, in Grisham. I mean, he's been just awesome, man. I, I can't help but think if this guy's going to be another young star uh, with Tatis. I couldn't agree more with you right now. I mean, he looks to be like a borderline star. Uh, you know, the industry's like, you know, really talking about it. I mean, you know, the Padres front office and their baseball operations must have been banging the table at this guy to, to let, you know, Luis Arias uh, to go with Eric Lauer over there to bring back Zach Davies and Trent Grisham. But, I mean, he, first of all, he's he's done an exceptional, exceptional job uh, in center field so far. I know fans will point out some – they'll critique some, some minor things and overemphasize stuff like playing in San Francisco in a crazy environment and the wind swirling and shit and him missing a ball. But overall, like, his, I think his OAA is out above average or, or, you know, like five or six. So he's still playing a plus center field. And this was someone that, you know, people had reservations on him playing a plus center field but when you look at his like his average sprint speed and all the advanced analytics are pointing to him being a plus center fielder so not only that dude's raking i'm fucking so excited to have a fucking center fielder that looks like a mainstay but we haven't had that what since like mike cameron i don't know yeah i I think his defense in center field is fine uh, if not more than that and his bat's been awesome he's got great power (laughs) So, I noticed something, and and maybe you know more than I do about this, but every time he hits a home run, and he rounds first base, and he like sticks his hands up, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. Like fingers. So the first time I saw this, I thought that he was like, like he put like a number one up for his first home run. Every time he hit a home run, he was like putting (laughs) number two. Yeah. Do, do you know what the hell he's doing? I, or? I actually I don't. I haven't really played. That's funny, though, because <laughs> I wanted the same thing, especially when he first hit the first one. I, I thought definitely that he was th- throwing up, that's number one, motherfucker, around the bases. Yeah. But I thought, I thought he did that for each one. I don't know, man. We'll have to. We'll have, that's something to look on. It's, he, but that's another thing about the guy. He's like good character guy. The Padres believe in character guys, you know, as long as they can fucking play. And he's um, definitely got that like Tatis swagger. Yeah, he's got some swag to him, and you can see when he when he uh, crushes those home runs deep into fucking you know the Petco porch areas. It's like it's just that bat drop, you know, and it's so smooth and fucking so refreshing to see coming from a center fielder with with fucking enough power and speed and on base percentage it just really fits a philosophy you know i couldn't be more excited about the guy well since we're talking about the outfield i, I wanted to bring up uh almonte and why the fuck he's starting baseball games for a major league team <laughs> like i do i just don't get it like 
why is this guy even on the team? Why is he still on the team? Why why not Naylor? Like I just don't get it. Like <laughs> I, I don't even know what to say about it. I just don't understand. Uh managers and scouts love Almani because he like on any given day he'll he'll just ball the fuck out. And and he he really he's he really excelled last year with the Diamondbacks in limited time. You know, he had a high on base percentage and he hit really well against right handed pitching and right now we got a you know, we got quite a bit of a right handed hitters and so I get it from that standpoint and Naylor looked pretty rough early on, albeit not having many at bats. Uh but like you, man, gotta be a fucking better option. Like, I mean, look, as a fucking bench option, t- fine. Totally good with that. But dude's fucking starting tonight. You know? Like, what the this fuck's is, happening? What is this, like, his third... The third game he started? I, th- I think it's the second or third game, and I think it is the third game. And I mean, it just it makes no sense to me. One of those games that he started, like, Naylor came in the, the night before and had a big pinch hit double, and then the next day we're starting Almonte again, who's doing nothing instead of Naylor. Like, I, I don't get it, man. Like, at least Naylor's got some power and he you know he can do more with the bat than Almonte. yeah there seems to be some bias for i mean look he's got high sprint speed he's got on base percentage he played really well uh last year and uh you know a small sample size uh and he also was extremely uh good in um in spring training before the covid shutdown so i'm in fact a lot of people thought he was gonna break camp so what I think you're seeing is it's a guy who's who's he's a veteran uh, and he's not intimidated and I think what they saw in Naylor was him pressing in the beginning and they you know they they chose you know the veteran guy with maybe more of the uh, qualities and to fit their philosophy that they wanted a guy maybe who wouldn't fucking fold and feel the pressure as as bad and I mean right now they can't we can't wait for the the development of these kids and you know while you're competing but in the same breath it, like i agree with you you got to have a better option and, and i'm not sold on nailer by any means but d- dude's a hitter he's got a good track record of hitting and like you said he's got good power so fuck dude i see I what know. you're i see what you're saying about you know being a veteran and all that but keeping keeping a guy like nailer or or Oliveras on the bench not playing or on the taxi squad not playing isn't going to help those guys, isn't going to give them confidence. I know you're trying to win every game right now, but I want to see the more talented ball players on the field. And, you know, in our first podcast or two, we talked about Oliveras. He looked good, man. He, he looked good in the, you know, the first couple of games that he that he played in. He did have one terrible game. I think he struck out like four times. Yeah, he fucking golden sombreroed it, and I think fucking Tingler was like, "All right, we got to pull this motherfucker." Yeah, but I don't think he's played since that game. I don't think so either, and I'm wondering if you know when they do the next uh, roster crunch, if he's going to be a guy to to be sent down to make room. I mean, Hosmer's coming back tomorrow. It looks like all all things considered going well with his stomach issues so um i don't know what they're gonna do in that regard but i could see 
possibly him going down or uh, hopefully it's Almani because I'd like to see more of Alvarez. I mean, you look a side by side with, uh, as someone on Twitter pointed out, with uh, Ronald Acuna and him and his swing and his mechanics are so similar. I mean, not l- like that's what you're gonna get production wise, but fuck, dude, he 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 looks real promising. But I, you know, to go back to the uh, kind of the Patino talk, I also wonder if he's being showcased to some degree. You know, why don't why don't we kind of get into the infield a little bit then? And, and just talk about how awesome Cronenworth has been. Cronenworthy. Man, he's been awesome. And not just not just hitting, but to that. I mean, I'm not that surprised that a shortstop is playing yeah, yeah, defense yeah. at first base. but um, Yeah, but ludicrous, versatile, ludicrous versatile, speed you know? defense. Like, dude, he's a fucking vacuum out there. That was honestly, honest to God, and I – don't mean this like in a fucking hyperbole way like i thought that was one of the better defensive performances from a first baseman as a shortstop that i've ever seen like i mean in the entire game he made like it seemed like he made 10 plays he and he probably made you know six but i mean we're talking you know the jumping leaping in the air snatching fernando tatis kind of play over not saved extra bases in a with runners on base and then diving towards the bag uh that also saved extra base maybe this is in two two games i'm thinking about but the one game uh was just unbelievable i couldn't even fucking believe it the net you're you're almost thinking he's not gonna do it oh he fucking did it <laughs> i think i think that was the same game that he crushed that home run too yeah Dude, balled the fuck out the entire game. Man, Tampa Bay must be fucking not feeling great about that. Just like fucking the Brewers must not be feeling great about Louis Sirius being on. I guess he's on the IL right now with, unfortunately, is, uh, you know, hit the coronavirus and he had like a, a wrist issue or broken bone uh, earlier in the spring camp. Uh, but, yeah, Cronenworth can hit, man. Yeah, good on base guy, good track record, and fucking, we're gonna see. Eventually, we're gonna see him get on the bump and throw ninety five. So, oh, dude, this is gonna be rad. At the very least, he's gonna be like a great utility guy. He he can he can play a bunch of positions. He can pitch. He can hit. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I think he's making a move to to be the everyday second baseman right now when Hosmer comes back. I mean, I I can't imagine that you're not going to put him at second base over Profar right now uh, when Hosmer comes back. Got to do it. In my opinion, he should be the second baseman right now. Well, obviously, you're waiting for your first baseman. and But when he comes, he better be fucking playing against fucking every right-handed pitcher. Uh, I mean, if you want to yeah, if you sure. want to spell him against some lefties, I get that. If you want to do that matchup, okay. Even though he's he's looked good against lefties and he's produced a little bit too. But uh, as far as I'm concerned, he's the second baseman now. I mean, yeah. he should be. He he needs a crack. He dude, this guy's fucking talented as fuck. Yeah, I totally agree. And Profar has been pretty disappointing. I mean, as as good as his at bats have been, in the, at least in the beginning of the season, and getting a lot of pitches out of out of the opponents and and walking here and there, it's just not good enough. Like, you you can't hit. 100 at the major league level no matter how many pitches you're taking and and walks you're getting he, he just hasn't been good enough paging austin hedges paging Austin. yeah no i agree with you um 
look, I think those at bats can only take you so far. If you're having good at bats, that's that's great. And the walks are a you know kind of a byproduct of that. And usually when you're having good at bats, you're, you're also hitting because you're seeing good you know you're seeing more pitches and you're working the count. But if you're only walking and you're hitting a hundred and you're you know not doing well in key positions, you, you know you can't be in the lineup, not as a starter anyways. So. For me, you know, uh, that's why Cro- you know Cronin worthy is so big um, right now, especially because he stepped right up and he's just running away with that position. But so it, it'll be interesting to see how they play it now. Profar has a good track record against uh, left-handed pitching. Maybe they do a little matchup platoon situation with Cronenworth and Profar that wouldn't bother me as long as Profar is fucking producing. And right now he ain't doing shit. So I'd even put Cronenworth in against lefties right now until, you know, he proves he can't fucking do it. Yeah, I think that makes sense. Uh, I know that Profar has been pretty good against left-handed pitching, so I wouldn't mind him, you know, facing the, the lefties. But And I'm not totally ready to, to give up on the guy either. He's, he's obviously a really talented player, but, I mean, how long can you just sit back and watch these guys not produce and stick with them? Especially when we're getting zero out of catcher, I don't yeah. know if we I don't know if we need to beat that dead horse. But neither one of as far as I'm concerned, neither one of those guys are major league baseball players. Yeah, it's pretty it's pretty disappointing because I know fucking Mejia can hit. So, but I, I I mean I don't know what the dude's problem is when you when you look at just I think his I think his problem is that. He, he can't not swing at shitty pitches. And at the major league level, when you have that problem, good pitchers are going to exploit that. And you're not going to get any good pitches to hit, and you're not going to hit. Yeah, it's true. I mean, there's rare players, you know, like fucking Pablo Sandoval, who can still thrive. But this is, a, this is a young kid, Vladimir Gray. But you're talking about Hall of Famer here, you know, one of the best ever to do it. You know, so, I mean, that shouldn't be the fucking, you know, the standard. Uh so I think when you look at when you look at it, I don't care if he's a free swinger as long as he's making contact and spraying the ball, putting the ball in play. But he ain't doing fucking dick. So yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready for the Padres to do something. Whether it brings bring up you know Luis Torrens and and pair him with Austin Hedges or. Get, you know, give uh, Frankie more time and maybe get him on track and uh, with the taxi squad. But what also bothers me is, while funny, ironically enough, when you look at the advanced metrics of framing, he has actually done a better job than Austin Hedges this year. And to, to further the point of just the disappointment of Austin Hedges, you know, offensively, he hasn't even been fucking you know an elite framer and that's like a huge part of his fucking value is framing and i don't even know that's uh that's a another tough one to how do we you know uh evaluate that really i mean they have that valuation system but i don't know how much i believe in it man these umpires have been so terrible this year and i mean every year really it seems but yeah i don't know how much that matters when these umpires are so inconsistent. And honestly, I don't really care how good their defense is if they can't hit yeah. 100. 
you know these yeah guys, these guys can't hit at all yeah that's the thing is it's it's not about being a below average hitter and having elite defense it's it's about being a fucking historically bad one of the worst hitters of all time when you look at you know the career line and man if if hedges could hit 220 and like 15 homers that would be enough get on base a little bit yeah he yeah. can't get on base to like a 250 clip let alone a you know a 300 some clip if he got onto a 300 on base, I think they'd be totally fine with Hedges, and rightfully so, because he, he can be good, and he, he's a leader, and I, I do like the guy, but fuck, dude, like, if you can't fucking you fall out of a boat and not hit the water, like, it's unbelievably I think, bad. I think that you could probably dust off your cleats and go out and fucking hit more than this guy. Dude, you see me hit fucking bombs, bro. <laughs> I, I knew I was... Bombs, dude. Bombs, bro. Fucking coke jacks. Um, so one of one of the other things I wanted to bring up before we move on to, you know, some potential trades, is is Machado. Man, I love Machado, but he's been such a disappointment. He's come up in so many situations where he he could have just won the game for us, and even in this last game against the Dodgers. You know, he, he just comes up, and he, I think he failed twice to to make something out of that game. And, and uh, you know, so far I've been like, oh, it's early, he'll come around. But I, I'm starting to get really worried about about Manny. I'm not worried about him, but it's frustrating nonetheless. I think, you know, when you look at the analytical uh, part of the last, you know, couple years in his tracker, his hard hit percentage and barrels and stuff like that, like that's going to be indicative of him producing. So I think overall I'm not worried, but like you, it's, it's so frustrating to see like the entire team pretty much for the most part doing well offensively and starting to flourish. And then a guy like Manny Machado that could be, you know, a fucking perennial 35 home running 40 home run guy and gold glove winner and be a little bit fucking underperforming and, I, you know, there's a lot going on right now with, you know, I don't want to coronavirus blame, you know, with uh, underperformance, but there is a lot going on, and I think he's just, I think he's just pressing a little bit. I hope that's all, and that would just be so Padres to I know, right? go get a star in his prime, young, pay $300 million, finally spend a little cash, and then this guy just flops well, and ruins us. You know, a, a good kind of counterpoint to that would be guys like you know Hosmer and and Myers might be figuring it out you know again I mean they've been disappointing too and underwhelming in their own right but when you look at Will Myers he's been one of the bright spots Brian and you talk about it in the first podcast I believe and you said you know ironically like he might be you know as funny it is to say it a big part of if the Padres win or lose this year and fuck right now like with Machado not doing well Dude, he's hitting fucking 302 with a 388 on base, seven, you know, 21 slugging, uh, over a thousand OPS, got four bombs, and you know, so you're talking about a guy who's hard hit, excellent exit velocity guy, barrels plus, plus guy, you know. So I'm so I'm I'm pumped for Will because I think he's a good dude and I think he's misunderstood, and um. I couldn't be happier for him. So hopefully, 
Machado can kind of just make some adjustments because he's so talented. I, I can't imagine him continuing to falter. He's young, you know. Uh, he's he's on the right side of fucking thirty years old. It's not like he's thirty, let alone you know. So thirty five. I think he'll be fine, man. Yeah, I hope so, man. So if the Padres are gonna go out and and make some trades this year, I, I mean, I think it's kind of obvious that we would want a catcher and, and maybe some some help in the bullpen. But, you know, who are some of the guys specifically that that you think they should go after or you think might be a good fit? I think there's actually quite a bit of guys who would be a potential match on the Padres' side. Uh, one of the problems is right now with the shortened season and the expanded playoffs, like you're not getting as many people wanting to trade right now. Uh, they have a longer you know, opening to see their window and the trade deadline's coming up in about like three weeks or whatever it is. It's the 31st. It's the seventh. Uh, so, uh, and the other aspect, Brian too, would be trading for a catcher specifically speaking is, is I think a little bit difficult during the year, unless you're getting like an elite, you know, defensive catcher that maybe can hit a little bit or a guy who absolutely rakes because you got to learn a whole pitching staff, and the Padres kind of have a complicated pitching staff to uh, a lot of young, a lot of young kids to anchor down, and so I, I don't know how that's gonna how that's gonna pan out. Yeah, it does seem kind of unlikely that that they'll make a trade. It would almost have to to be the kind of trade between both teams where both teams are looking towards the future, right? Because I think it's hard for either team to make a short-sighted move in a in a season that could, I mean, potentially even not finish. Right. Well. So I think what we could see is kind of what you're alluding to earlier, with some of the young guys, maybe for an established player, but with some control. Yeah. Uh, you know, I looked at guys like uh, Travis Denard of the Braves, but the Braves are, cont- you know, they're in contention. Yeah, they have Tyler Flowers uh, as well, but I think I think they kind of use them as I think I, I believe uh, Denard has like reverse splits. He is well against righties. Uh, at least he has this year. Um, when I looked at his uh, statistics, and he can hit a little bit, and uh, he would be an interesting guy, and so would. But I'm just not sure how that would work out. They got. A guy, you know, Denard is, uh, I think he's under control for this year and next year. And uh, Tyler Flowers, I think, through this year. So, you know, they have some prospects as well, but are they comfortable bringing those guys up? Not during their run. So they would have to get a guy like, you know, Austin Hedges back, for instance. Would that be good enough for them to have carry Tyler Flowers and Austin Hedges and get you know, uh, someone like Travis Denard back for the Padres to get a little bit of offense. I don't know. What um, about um, what about the catcher from the Red Sox? Um, his name is escaping me right now. Vasquez? Christian yeah, Vasquez? Yeah, Christian Vasquez is off to a hot start. Um, he looks fucking really good. He's, he's, he's hitting, but he's also, like, you know, a good defensive catcher. But the Red Sox signed him to a fairly uh, – you know, modest contract. I think it was in 19 at some point. Um, so he would be a guy that I, I would like. Um, I'm not sure he's the perfect 
upgrade offensively, but right now, like, <laughs> I mean, I mean, from a normal standpoint, uh, from around the league, but when you consider how fucking atrocious the Potters have been offensively a catcher, he would be a big, a big pickup, someone like that. Yeah, I wonder, you know, for the reasons you kind of mentioned before, if they should just stick with the catchers they have and and eat that and and try to improve some of these other areas i've even kind of wondered if if they would jump up uh campesano i I don't want torrens at all that's just another like defensive first catcher that can't hit i don't even want to bother with that dude (laughs) but (laughs) but i wonder if you know if they would be so bold as to to bring up campesano I kind of I doubt mean, it. I mean, you're talking about a guy. It's a big guy, jump. I'd be, I'd be too big of a jump for, for me for de- to, you know, on a development standpoint, uh, in my opinion. Um, you know, I, I think he he was initially looked at as, like, kind of a, uh, a glove-first guy. And ironically now, like, his defense is kind of like, you know, the uh, – the need in on the maturation front you know more than his offense but still he's not even there offensively because he's you know uh he's, he's raw still a little bit but um but i mean there's other guy austin romine with i think he's with the tigers he can hit a little bit good defender there might be guys like that that you know that a team could uh, you know, deem expendable that would be out of it uh, if you're on the, you know, the Tigers or uh, other teams if the Brewers fall out of it and they got that the that hitter from uh, the Mariners, his name escapes me right now, uh, Navarez maybe, I think that's what his name is but he's a hitting catcher, started off slow uh, along with some other guys but uh, while I'm talking about the Tigers, I also thought about um, Jonathan Sh- uh, Scope because uh, I've always liked, I've always liked him when he was with uh, the Orioles, and it'd be interesting to see him paired with Jake Cronenworth if they wanted a a better producer than Profar, and he can play multiple positions as well and short, and he obviously he knows, uh, you know, the, some of the coaches over here, and he knows uh, Manny Machado, and he's off to a pretty decent start. Uh, power guy hits lefties and you'd have that that natural rapport ready to go at second base if you wanted him to pair with Cronenworth so he's a guy that could be expendable he's only signed through this year with Detroit uh, that's a guy that I, I would keep an eye on uh, from a, a lesser known you know caliber uh, perspective yeah and that's the good thing about the DH is they can pretty much go out and get anyone or at least any position they just they they needed they need to add another bat to the mix you need a you need a fucking bat dude i don't care what any fucking person says this is a good team but you need to have another bat in there it's not elite you're not gonna it's a good offense so far they're in the top like five or six and most offensive categories when you look at like on base and stolen bases and you know things like that on base percentage as well so uh, but to, to to your point with the DH guys like Miguel Andujar was just sent down for the Yankees. They need yeah. pitching. You know they've been hit hard. Maybe you know uh, Joey Lucchese, uh for him plus would be something that would be advantageous to both because those are the best trades where you're gonna have 
you know, both sides are going to get, you know, something out of it. And I think that could be the Padres have also had interest in Miguel Andujar, you know, in the past uh, before Manny Machado. And I think even after as a potential left fielder, but now with a DH, like Duke can just fucking DH. So, um, well, I mean, he can do that this year, but it kind of might depend on where they think that's going to go in the future if they think that the DH is going to stay in the National League. Sure, or you could just fucking build his value up, you know, with a team that has a more yeah. dire need and then flip him fucking later on, but or you could try I think try. it's going to stay. I think it's going to stay either way. I think the DH is here to stay. It needs to fucking stay. If it doesn't Manfred's a bitch. But like, dude, so I think another guy to look at on the DH front while we're talking about it could be JD Martinez. I I saw an article today Fuck where yes. I saw someone fucking criticizing him, saying, oh, he quit on the team, blah, blah, blah. And I don't know. These guys don't know shit. You know, they're these fucking, like, local guys that get all fucking fanaticized about the game. I mean, maybe that, you know, maybe he's a little down or whatever, but um, I don't put too much stock into those those local opinion pieces, so... Uh, this dude's one of the best hitters in the game. Uh, obviously, he's not a, uh, a good defender, but the dude can absolutely just fucking rake. And to put him just at DH and not field at all, pfft, forget about I'd be it. All, I'd be all about that. I mean, he, he hasn't started the season all that great, but, you know, like we were talking about earlier, neither has Manny Machado. Neither has most of the fucking... J.D. Martinez is a stud, man. I would... I would love that. Well, and you know he's controlled for the you're t- you you know for the next two years. I think he's thirty four, thirty three, or thirty four. So you're talking about going through thirty five, thirty six years old if you had him, and that's what you're gonna do. So uh, maybe there could be some uh, some sort of salary offset if you wanted to do that. But the Boston Red Sox didn't want him to sec- uh, accept his qualifying offer. So uh, I. I couldn't imagine uh, that being sort of a crazy roadblock if the Padres actually were like, dude, we're in on this guy, let's go. Uh, and another one on kind of a similar front would be, you know, Jorge Solar. You know, younger guy, I think he's 28 or 29 now. But, I mean, you know, kind of a late bloomer, kind of fucked around over with Cubs. And then finally, like, now he's like, he's not only just like a power hitter, like, you know, as in contrast to guys like Hunter Renfro and like Fran Meal, he can get on base and he can hit and he's not a good defender, but again, DH. So, uh, he, he kind of reminds me of JD Martinez, uh, maybe like a 2.0 him, uh, as, as far as his last year and starting this year. So he's a guy that I would check in on in the same team with Mer- with Merrifield is a guy that obviously the Padres have had interest in before and, He'd be perfect because you could do so many different things with that dude. I mean, I think you got to give up a ton to get that you, guy at this point, though. He's got a he's got a affordable you're contract. Up, you're gonna give up Patino or Gore to start, I think. I don't think you have to give up Gore, but you might. I think I, I think you might have to give up quite a bit, but I don't think you would have to give up either of those guys. But you might have to give up someone like I don't know. Campisano maybe, or some lower level guy that might ask for someone like Tramel, you know. But ah, man, I don't want to give up Campisano anymore because these are, you know, before I had faith that one of these guys 
was going to be fine and end up pulling ahead and being our starting catcher. But I've l completely lost faith in both of these guys. And at this point, I wouldn't trade Compensano. I'd, oh, I'd be yeah. looking at him as the future. Yeah, I, I'd be pretty weary unless you think you're, you know, you're going to bring back another guy like a Wilson Contreras. But they're in contention yeah. with the Cubs. They're one of the better teams of baseball right now. I think they have the best record, maybe. But um, fuck, you know, I've also wondered if uh, the Royals with uh, Salvador Perez back. It looks like he's seemingly healthy. Um, I saw, you know, he's hitting right now. He's hitting about 280. He's got a couple bombs. Saw him play at first base and catcher. So uh, he'd be a dude. Just keep Austin Hedges. Fucking do whatever the fuck you need to do with Francisco Mejia. Launch him to the sun, whatever. But if he's healthy, dude, he's back from surgery, and you have that guy, I can't imagine the Royals being like, dude, we, we got to keep Salvi. I mean, I know that they've played so-so uh, baseball, but... He could be an interesting guy that could, he could make the leap because he's such, he's so, he, first of all, I think he's so widely respected in the game. I think the pitchers would take to him very quickly. Um, you know, and he's handled a bunch of uh, different kinds of pitching staff, but also guys like Tim Hill know him and, and uh, of course, Eric, Eric Cosmer. So, yeah, that'd be, a, that'd be a great move. That could be, that could be one of the few catching moves that could work uh while we're while we're talking about you know some of the potential trade possibilities it's it's kind of hard to oh i got one more guy that it's like a well i got several guys but i wanted to talk specifically about this other guy just to run down a couple of the other guys ryan uh for, you know with you for our listeners that i think would could be a decent sort of secondary tier options um uh and makes sense maybe Hanser alberto is is a guy that you know knows he knows uh jace tingler the manager with his ranger days uh and obviously aj preller knows him and uh, aj preller almost traded for him uh, actually a couple years ago so Hanser alberto he batted above 300 last year he started off scorching this year i think he's batting like 340 right now I mean, obviously, it's still, you know, limited sample, but his sample now is uh, broad enough to where you can you can look at it. This guy's a fucking, he's a hitter. He's like, he's not going to be a, a, a wit a Merrifield guy where he's going to steal a bunch of bags, but he's going to immediately step in your lineup, and, and if you want him to play second base, uh, third base, shortstop, he can play these different positions, and uh, he would be an upgrade that would, be a little bit cheaper in the Orioles despite wherever they're at in the standings are probably going to be making moves so he would be a guy that I would be looking at and there's ties there so that's all they need man they just like we said earlier they just need an, another bat to lengthen that lineup and they need to get more from the last couple of spots in the lineup because some of these guys are are coming through but then they get to the back of the lineup and they're just getting zero yeah all these other guys like Mark Connor and uh, you know, there's uh, Lori's Guriel from Toronto. If they have a few guys coming up and they wanted pitching because they need pitching, uh, if they, we have like a mutual match there, uh, I could see something going on with uh, with those. Or or Winker is he might be a little bit out of place over in Cincinnati. Uh, good lefty on base guy kind of fits our philosophy. If you're going to DH and 
kind of shuffle the roster a little bit and always kind of like that guy's uh, hitting ability because um, they got uh, the, ja- the Japanese player Shogo or uh, one of those, I think his name's Shogo, but they have also the uh, Aquino, Aquino, that motherfucker that they brought up. <laughs> but the, no, so they got several guys, and they got Cassianos now. They got you know, so they got Travis Jankowski, our former Padre, former Padre. I think it would be it would be nice if they could find a, another lefty bat to to throw into the mix. They're they're a little right-handed heavy, you know. With unless Profar starts coming through, and I mean, what? Well, I guess when Hosmer comes back, it's not so bad, but. There's dream guys too, like Brian Reynolds of the Pirates, where he just is one of the best players of production wise from a hitting standpoint. Played some center field, left field last year, and uh, he's a switch hitter, so he'd be a guy that I'd love, but why the fucking Pirates going to trade him? The only thing yeah. you can really look at is to say, well, they need everything, and maybe yeah. they would trade, you know, him for Patino, and, you know, we could mix some other guys around, but that's a complicated one. Yeah, I don't. I don't think they really need to to trade for pitching. I think they have plenty of talent. They just need to get the, these guys. Just need to figure it out. I don't think yeah. they need to add talent even in the rotation or in the pen. They they just need to start. They just need to. They just need to start playing. I agree. I agree, man. I think unlike uh, you know years past, this team gels though. Uh, you know, they're, a, you know, a cohesive unit and they're obviously having fun out there, you know, when they're on top and they're, they're hungry, man. And they want to win. They're having fun in the dugout and you see, Hey, 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 after home runs and shit, you see them celebrating. It's fun as hell watching, you know, Tatis dance and whatnot. So I, I think, you know, you're probably going to see them find it a little bit quicker than some other teams, you know? Yeah. I love the energy and I, and I especially love the fight. Um, you know, even though the last couple of games were bad, the offense never gives up. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, as others have pointed out on, you know, Twitter, social media, other platforms, is that, like, years past, dude, you feel like if you're down, like, three runs, fucking turn off the TV and go watch Oprah. It doesn't matter, dude. So, like, but now it's, like, with Tatis, like, fucking two outs in the bottom of the ninth and fucking you know that's how i was last year man last year if if we were down like three four runs i just turned the game off and watch a movie or something you don't watch oprah well in the second half though bro (laughs) like like mainly that was in the second half but i think like in the in the first half like you know they were competitive and uh but and and you know what a lot of that was tatis yeah when in the first half when when he was playing you know even if i thought the game was out of hand i was watching the game just because i want to see this dude play every single every single play on the field and and that's how i feel still this year he's yeah he's must see we don't he's must see tv now dude he's he's more exciting than trout and i don't mean that as like he's better than trout although he's on that trajectory in terms of performance because he's so fucking amazingly fucking godly good well uh, if, if his bad if if his bad is as good as trout's you know in their prime and he's playing a good shortstop he, he's more valuable in in my mind well I, i'm not saying i'm not saying he's there 
but I think we're seeing that potential. Well, you definitely see, you could definitely see that, and you're you're looking at maybe the face of Major League Baseball even right fucking now in front of your eyes. Like, he was the talk, that home run, that mic drop fucking home run at Peco Park. It said 418, my dick, and then 430, bullshit. That's nonsense. Uh, we've seen many balls up in that area in that second deck that are, you know, you know, 430, 440, or whatever. So, uh, regardless, dude, that might, that was like the buzz of baseball. And it's not just because he rocketed a ball and hit it 430 feet or whatever. It's because the swag level on that was infinity. But, like, more than that, dude, okay. it's just that he's like, he's an incredible talent. His charisma is off the charts. He's the full deal, and they need to lock him the fuck up for life. Not in prison, like, literally just <laughs> extend the dude. Yeah, I mean, we, we talked about that last time. and I'll talk about it as fucking many times as I want to, Brian. I appreciate the swagger, but... Appreciate. I'm still bothered. No, not your swagger. I don't. Your swagger is obnoxious. Whatever. But Tat, I, I'm saying I appreciate Tatis's swagger. But don't you know, say get off it. My, get off my lawn. Don't say it, dude. I'm still not a fan of the bat flip. Don't say it. And especially when you're still down by two runs. Okay, boomer. I, I know what he's doing. And that's the worst, most trite fucking comeback I've yeah, ever it's, heard. It's pretty bad. Boomer's it's awful. Pretty, boomer's pretty fucking lame, dude. Uh, but I, I mean, I get it. He's he's trying to fire up his team, and it worked. They all, you know, they fought back. But I don't know. I, maybe I'm just old school, but I'm not a big fan of the bat flip, especially look, when dude. you're when you're still losing. Look, dude. If, if that's a walk off, if that's a walk off, go nuts. Yeah. But it wasn't, dude. We're still two runs down after that home run. All right, I, Brian. I just, look, take it easy. Let me speak to you, bro. Let me tell you why. I've been talking to dad too much. My God, or... dude, you and dad, I got to fucking seriously slap the fuck out of both of you fucks. Listen, I think part of it was him trying to fire up the team, and he even like, yeah, pretty much indicated sure. it. But on, to play devil's advocate to, you know, the, the, you know, the bat flip to disliking kind of that style game, I, I get it as a kind of been a traditionalist over the years and, I think like I'm coming around to 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 more of the different cultures playing the game and playing di- you know they have a little bit differently and and I enjoy it and I I think Tatis especially because he's so humble and you know yeah. this motherfucker is humble and he's even talked about it. he doesn't want to show up pictures and he spoke about that before and like I think I think he dropped the bat naturally I don't think he like i don't think he made an emphasis to pimp and cadillac he there and there's also well, yeah a, he's he's looking at the dugout he's not looking at the pitcher that's a distinction that's exactly what i what i was gonna say is the distinction is is like staring down i think it was maglio ordonez like years ago hit like two or three home runs off dude and like afterwards like the dude's telling him to fucking run and he's mad dogging the, the pitcher as he's like in his backswing and while the fucking home the ball's going over the fence it's like dude get the fuck out of here with that shit but if you fucking blast a ball and you just turn to your boys in the dugout to fucking pump them up i'm all about that shit dude do a fucking somersault towards the fucking you know the bench and slash some ass and then go i don't care 
But yeah, I'll I'll add the caveat too that I'm totally fine with it in any scenario against Madison Bumgarner and or any <laughs> Giants pitcher because that team is the biggest whiny fucking babies when that shit happens to them and then they do that same shit. Well, and the, to that point too, Brian, it's against the fucking Dodgers, bro. Fuck them. First of all, they they've thrown at Tatis a couple times. Whether that's intentionally trying to hit the dude or just trying to brush him back, uh, regardless, like he's not going to be intimidated. As you saw last year with that home run to right center field, when dude knocked him down, like up and up near his chin, and like and next pitch goes fucking yard, goes sand. You know they don't have sand anymore, but you get it. Yeah, you're old. Well, I kind of promised you guys that we were going to get to, um, you know, a subject that we weren't able to get to this time. Maybe we can touch on it later. Uh, I kind of misspoke last week uh, when I when I said Brian was adopted. Brian's not adopted. Um, he actually just has a different fucking dad. And I think it, he, I'm almost positive his dad is from Alpine and he drives a tractor. But we'll get that maybe to on a next episode. That would be ideal. But uh, while you're at it, hey, like, retweet, downloads, all that shit, favorites, uh, that'd be great. Uh, me and Brian appreciate it. Thanks for uh, joining Amplifier, and uh, we'll fucking talk to you next time. Peace! Later. <laughs> <laughs> I only do that because you hate it. <laughs>